What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I appreciate everyone who's been showing this podcast love and all those who have been tuning in to my live sessions on Instagram. I'm really trying to grow my Instagram page as I've been doing some really good content on there, bringing guests on pretty much every weekend now for seven weeks for live sessions. I had former Canisius College point guard Malik Johnson on. This past weekend, I had Marty Barad, former Sabres goaltender, on a few weeks ago. And I also had David Anderson, one of the coaches from the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, about a month and a half ago or so. So if you can go and give that page a follow at English Encore Podcast, all one word, it'd be greatly appreciated. I'm really trying to get up to 400 followers by the end of the month. So it's June 1st today. So hopefully by the end of this month, we'll get that number. Appreciate all the support on that page as well. Today, I'm going to be indulging in another one of my classic rants. And of course, it's going to be about the Buffalo Sabres. So for those of you who don't know, about a week and a half ago, if not less, the Sabres, specifically Kim and Terry Pagula, announced that Jason Botterill would be returning for his fourth season as the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. In that span, the Sabres have finished in 31st, 27th, and 25th place. So many fans were outraged by his return, and the comments that Kim Pagula left made a lot of Sabres fans, including myself, very angry. So I'm going to read you the exact quote from Kim Pagula about Jason Botterill returning. Quote, I realize maybe it's not popular with the fans, but we have to do the things we feel are right. We have a little bit more information than maybe a fan does. Some inner workings that we have or that we see some positives in. So let me get this straight. You're pretty much insulting your fan base saying that they don't know pretty much anything about how an organization runs. And you know what? Sometimes I think fans get a little more extreme, especially here in Buffalo, because we only have two really major sports teams in the Bills and the Sabres. And maybe sometimes our opinions are a little more on the rash side. However, I do think it is insulting for some fans like myself who have been watching the Sabres their whole life. I myself went to school for sport management and really take pride in doing my research and knowing the most about my favorite sports teams and sports in general. It's kind of why I do this podcast. And you pretty much insult them by saying that even though it's not popular with the fan base, the one that are paying to come see the product on the ice, um, and they clearly don't like what they're seeing or who's running the team, that it doesn't really matter to them. And that you see some positives. What positives do you see in a general manager who in three seasons has not finished above 25th? And 25th this season really isn't a great number anyway because you didn't even finish the season because of the coronavirus. And you don't even know where you really would have actually placed by the end of the season. You could have been a little better, probably a little bit worse. It's embarrassing that... 24 teams are going to make the playoffs out of 31 in the NHL, and your team is not one of them. You have not made the playoffs since you guys bought the team in 2011. 
and you see all these positive stuff and you don't want to listen to the fans. Well, you know what? How about you answer the fans' questions when you have alumni with Chinese knockoff jerseys with misspelled names? How about you change the crummy food that's at the games? How about you fix the bad arena? If you go through any NHL arena from all 31 teams, I guarantee you the Sabres would finish in the bottom 10 as far as arena appeal. And as an owner of a team, you think you'd be able to take some criticism. That's pretty much part of the one of the main parts of your job. But yet, during the season, a fan goes on WGR 550, one of the radio stations here in Buffalo. His name was Dwayne. He called in, gave an epic Sabres rant that pretty much embodied a lot of the fan base here in Buffalo about how we don't need a Jerry Jones type owner, but they need an owner that answers to the fans when the product of the ice stinks, answers to the fans when you misspell names on Hall of Fame players and alumni that come to your games and show your team support, and they're wearing Chinese knockoff jerseys with their names misspelled, and you don't say a dang thing about it. You don't go on Twitter. You don't go on Facebook. You don't have a press conference. You don't go on the radio. You don't say anything. You don't apologize to those people. You don't say, you know what? We are wrong. We are embarrassed as an organization that happens. And I get that you own the Bills and the Sabres and have a lot more on your plate than most other you know owners might have because some owners don't own multiple teams and you're starting to get it right with the bills but you didn't get it right with the bills to start let's go through the bills real quick before i go back in the sabers so they purchased the bills you have doug marone and doug whaley when they buy the team the bills go nine and seven barely missed the playoffs marone says you know what instead of coming back i'm out of here so what do you do you go out and you hire Rex Ryan because, you know, he's a popular name. Even though since the early part of his Jets career as a head coach, he's done nothing but lose. You bring him in. All he does is talk, 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 talk. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Two seasons, gone. Screwed that one up. Then, you know what, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, props to you because those were great hires and they're doing a great job now. And I think you finally relinquish enough power for them to do their jobs. And you can see the results as we've made two or playoffs two of the last three years. But even in that hiring process, you didn't even do it correctly. You have the 2017 NFL Draft on April 27th. You hired Sean McDermott as your head coach that January of 2017. You go through the draft in 2017 with Doug Wheelie, and then in May of 2017, early May, May 9th, you hire Brandon Bean. In what world do you hire your head coach before your GM? Granted, it was pretty much known that this would be an okay connection because Brandon Bean was from the Carolina Panthers organization where you hired Sean McDermott. And that's, I think, part of the issue now with the Sabres is when you go through and you listen to all the Sabres talk over the past week in you know their closing season press conference, whatever it may be, over Zoom calls and what whatever it was, all of them raved about Ralph Kruger, liking Ralph Kruger. So I understand it for maybe the point of 
if you fire Botterill, you have to find a GM that likes Ralph Kruger because you don't want to go through another coaching change, which makes sense because ever since the Pools have got here, all they've done is go through coaching changes after they got rid of Lindy Ruff. And it went from Lindy to Dan Bilesma, you know, to Phil Housley, and now it's Jason Bot, or excuse me, and now it's Ralph Kruger. Now, the one thing that you could say about the players saying stuff about Kruger that really speaks volumes is that with older coaches like Housley and Bilesma, none of the players really said too much about them. So you could kind of tell that either there's a disconnect with the locker room and certain players and the coaches or the locker room as a whole didn't like the coaching staff. It seems to be a little different now, and I can understand maybe that's why you don't want to make the move. But at the same time, you shouldn't be holding on to a general manager just so you don't have to go through the hiring process and finding a new one. Sure, maybe if you have to go through the process again, maybe that GM doesn't want to have Kruger as a coach. Well, keep Kruger as an executive role. You've talked about doing that before. It seems that Kruger wants to be more hands-on with the players he's bringing in. You could see that there's a disconnect between Botterill and Kruger, and they might not say it, and the players may not say it, and the Bagulas might not say it, but you can just tell. Look at some of the players that Jason Botterill has brought in. The Brandon Montours, the Colin Millers, the Jeff Skinners, the Marcus Johansons. Like, why are you bringing in these guys if Ralph Kruger is not going to either use them in the way you envisioned, or they just don't connect well with Kruger? Like, Jeff Skinner was a great signing last year when Phil Housley was still here. He puts up 40 goals playing with Eichel, and then you sign him to this huge $9 million contract, and he only puts up, like, 12 goals this year because half the year he is playing with Vladimir Saboka and Johan Larson, and he was also hurt. Like, that makes no sense. Then you have Jake McCabe still on the roster, even though... He was awful all year, and he's still playing every game over Colin Miller, who you traded a second-round pick for and is making $3.87 million, and you don't want to play him. Brandon Montour's numbers have gone down, even though Bottle preached about puck-moving defensemen. You had Lawrence Pilot, for some reason, couldn't crack the NHL lineup. Instead, you were playing Bogosian when you had him, and Jake McCabe or Gilmore or whoever else you wanted to throw in there instead of him. Now Lawrence Pilot is signing with the KHL because he's so fed up with your organization and team. Since Botterill's been the GM, they lost out, or they, excuse me, they lost Ryan O'Reilly, Evander Kane, Robin Leonard, Marco Scandella, who may not be a huge piece, but you traded Marco Scandella away to the Canadians for a fourth round pick in which you flipped for Michael Froelich and then Scandella gets flipped to the Blues for a second round pick. Like, how does that even happen as a GM? How do you sell a piece to another team and then weeks later, it's not like Scandella blew it up in Montreal or anything or played differently than he really did in Buffalo. He's actually playing pretty well in Buffalo and they flip him for a second round pick because either... You were gun-shy on a different trade, or you should have held on to him a little longer. And then, Bodrill, his entire press conference at the end of the year, 
continued to preach about Rochester and developing young players. Well, Jason, what young players are you referring to? What young players in Rochester do you see coming up and making a significant impact for this team? Is it Will Borgen? Is it Jake Bryson? Like, who is it? You can't count Dylan Cousins. He didn't play in Rochester. Ukapekalukanen barely played anything in Rochester. Archie Rustalainen wasn't in Rochester. Picard wasn't in Rochester. You can argue Casey Middlestaff, but he was on the Sabres at the beginning of the year, which he should have never been because he wasn't ready, and you wasted a year of his eligibility bringing him up and playing six games at the end of a rookie season, which he shouldn't have been up, and now he's a restricted free agent and struggling and probably will make the roster next year, but will he make a big impact? I don't know. He was doing okay on Rochester, but the rest of your Rochester team is made up of old NHL players or AHL veterans, like the Kevin Porters of the world. And I like Kevin Porter. And yeah, Rochester does good, and maybe they make the playoffs every year, but they get bounced out in the first round. We don't have guys in Rochester that are coming up like we did when we in the early 2000s when the Millers, the Pominvilles, the Vanicks, the Derek Roys are coming up and you know stepping right into the lineup and making an impact. We don't have that. Jason Bottrell's drafting has been atrocious. In three years as the Sabres GM, he's made 18 picks. Two of them have played in the NHL. Rasmus Dahlin and Casey Middlestat. Dahlin is the only one that's made significant contributions. You had to send Middlestat down this year because he wasn't ready for to take on the load because you didn't go out and get a second line center and it was too big of a role, which he just should have never been pushed into. You butchered the O'Reilly trade, brought in Patrick Berglund, who left your team, Vladimir Sapoka, who's just a waste of money, and then Tage Thompson, the AHL guy that you wanted, has been hurt, hasn't been able to stay up at the NHL. You just send him down at the end of last year. He was struggling so bad. And then when he came up this year, he got hurt in his first game. You keep talking about these young players, the middle stats, the Dylan Cousins, the Tate Thompson, say they're going to make significant impacts next year. That's all great, and I hope they do. But are you throwing Dylan Cousins into the second line center role immediately for his first NHL season? Are you expecting dramatically after all this time down in Rochester and now this time off that middle stat is going to hop right into a third line role? Like, that's just not realistically going to happen. If it happens, great. But are you banking your, like, job and season on it? And we're going to let a GM do that? And what's going to happen if they don't go out and get more pieces? Because they're cap-tied. It's not like we can go out and add a second-line center unless you trade away assets and big assets. We don't want a guy that is barely a second-line center, more of a third-line guy. We need a legit top six centerman or winger to help Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel's frustrated. He isn't happy. He needs help. He's let the owners and the GM know he's unhappy. You're getting bad media attention. Darren Dreger's the world number telling you that Eichel is not happy. And it's not going to be long before Jack wants out if you don't help him. And then you have, you know, Bottle only trading with 
you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins or other teams that he knows someone from the Penguins organization on like the Devils when they got Wayne Simmons. You should have pulled the trigger on Ristolainen, but now we don't even know what's going on with Ristolainen because Kruger said he wants to coach him and Ristolainen's comments clearly made it seem like he might not want to play here and he was right. For seven years now, we've been saying Buffalo has a bright future. We're going to make the playoffs. We'll win a Stanley Cup someday. Like, but... We haven't. It's been the same thing every year, and he's never been a part of a winning team. And, like, I understand people want to give Botterill a pass because when he came here, the cap was awful from Tim Murray, which I can agree with. But you're the one that brought back the Sabokas, the Gergensons, the Larsons of the world. You went and traded for all these really crummy players that did absolutely nothing for you after you acquired them besides Jeff Skinner and Henry Okiaru. Like, your free agents right now, unrestricted. Wayne Simmons traded for, did nothing. Michael Froelich traded for, did nothing. Vladimir Saboka traded for, did nothing. Jimmy Vesey traded for twice, did nothing. Zemgis Gergensen, you re-signed. Johan Larson, you re-signed. Scott Wilson, you traded for. Dalton Smith, done nothing. Matt Hunwick, you traded for. Casey Nelson, done nothing. John Gilmore, done nothing. Andrew Hammond, done nothing. Then you have your restricted free agents of Sam Reinhart, Victor Olofsson, Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, Linus Allmark, Dominic Cahoon, Brandon Montour, Lawrence Pilot. Pilot's already leaving for the KHL. Reinhart hasn't really said he wants to stay and wouldn't clarify if he wants a long-term deal or short-term deal. Thompson, Middlestat, and Cahoon are pretty easy because they haven't done enough in the NHL where you won't win their arbitration hearings. But you have about $40 million in cap. Well, if you re-sign all of those players, you might have 10 if you're lucky. So unless you're going out and moving a Marcus Johansson at 4.5, if you find a way to move a Poso at 6, Ristolainen at 5.4, McCabe 2.8, Miller 3.8, Hutton 2.7, like... To think that Dylan Cousins' middle sets to answer the, all the problems is just mind-boggling to me. And it's it just makes me really pissed off that ownership seems to not care about the fan base and only focused on the Bills. If you're only going to be focused on the Bills, that's fine. I love the Bills. I'm a Bills fan. But give the ownership of a team to someone who's going to actually put in the work to do the job correctly. When you were introduced as the Sabres owner... Your first thing you said was, our sole reason for existence is to win the Stanley Cup and you want to win the cup for your fans. You've done nothing but slap the fans in the face. What have you done for the fans since you got here besides put a crappy product on the ice, have knockoff jerseys and stuff on alumni, terrible promotions, the arena's disgusting, the food there's awful, the only good things you've done is the 50th anniversary jersey and bringing back the Royal Blue next year. Like, that's all you've done. You hire the wrong people. Botterill continues. Like, I don't understand why you're bringing back all these guys year after year. You didn't have to bring back Gergensen's Larson or any of those players. And you want to blame the cap hit. Like, you brought those cap hits back. 
You want to know why the Sabres are losers and why this franchise is losing? It's because you built a team of losers. You keep bringing back the same guys year after year who are a part of a losing culture who have never made the playoffs. You missed out on a playoffs where there's 24 teams out of 31 in the NHL. Like, how does that even happen? You literally are including almost 70% of the NHL, and you can't be one of those teams. Even after a great start to the season, you have a superstar in Jack Eichel. You have an up-and-coming superstar in Rasmus Dahlin. You have decent players in Jeff Skinner and Sam Reinhart and Victor Olofsson, but you haven't drafted well. You have no one in Rochester developing. You couldn't find the right coaches for years. You picked the wrong coach the first time. And now there seems to be a disconnect with them in the second time between Kruger and Botterill. And what does it say about ownership and the GM they're bringing back when Kim Bagul literally says, I realize maybe it's not popular with the fans. That means you already know the fans don't like Jason Botterill. And by saying that, you're letting Jason Botterill know the fans don't like him. And I'm sure he already knew that as is. But how are you installing confidence in the fans when you've made it clear that they don't like him? And you pretty much know they don't like him. But yet you're going to keep him even though all he's consistently done is lose. It's just mind-boggling what this franchise has come to. All I want them to do is somewhat compete, make the playoffs every year, or at least every other year. And if there's one thing that I think Sabres fans want more than anything besides making the playoffs is don't let Jack Eichel leave this franchise. Because it's going to happen if you don't start to turn this around. I've tweeted it before, and I'll say it again. Two years from now, if you have not made the playoffs, and you have not brought in the pieces to help Jack Eichel, he's out. He'll demand a trade. He'll end up going to the Boston Bruins. He'll end up winning a Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe. I don't understand how you're not seeing it. You're letting a generational talent, a guy who, if you're remains on the Sabres the rest of his career his name and number will be in the rafters he has an argument by the end of his career he could be better than Gilbert Perot like that talent doesn't just come around and it's just so frustrating as a Sabres fan and I think you know, the Bagulas get away with it because a lot of people in Buffalo are Sabres and Bills fans because the Bills are good now that a lot of people don't care. But before the Bills were good, the Sabres were the team of the 2000s that fell short because of injuries and because Darcy Regeer didn't want to bring back Breer Jury. I talked about it last week, what would have happened potentially if we would have brought those guys back. And, you know, ever since then, the Sabres have been, you know, they were floating right at the 500, barely a playoff team for a while in the late 2000s. And they've been the laughing stock of the NHL ever since. And they're going to continue to be unless the proper changes are made. And you bring in the right people to get this organization and team turn around. (sighs) 
really don't know what else to say. I'm just frustrated. Um, I love Jack Eichel. I love Darlene. I love some of these younger guys. I'm actually really excited about Dylan Cousins, but um, I just don't have the confidence in ownership or the general manager to get the proper players on the ice to help Jack Eichel and the rest of the team and Ralph Kruger win. I actually don't think Ralph Kruger's a terrible coach. Um, outside of him playing Skinner on the wrong line, I thought he actually did a pretty good job. Um, but only time will tell. It's going to be about another year before we even see the Sabres play again. Um, I hope Jason Botterill can get it turned around and do the job right and bring in the proper pieces to get us back into the playoffs. And I hope the Pagulas start to take more ownership of the job they're doing and, you know, listen to the fans more and fix all these issues with the arena and, you know, listen to the fans more and give them more promotions and do things that make the off-ice appeal good so when your team isn't performing, that there's something to be hopeful of. Um, But, yeah, that's going to do it for that rant right there. But um, I appreciate everyone who's been tuning in. I'll be back on Friday with another episode. I'll kind of be diving into the potential NBA playoff format, talk a little bit about Damian Lillard's comments about him probably not going to be playing at all because they don't have a real chance of making the playoffs, talk about the MLB and how they're starting to get their season thing together and talk about the NFL and, you know, some other stuff going on. But that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in, showing support. Please go give at English Encore Podcast a follow on Instagram. I've really been enjoying doing these, and I hope to continue to have some great guests on the podcast going forward and on my Instagram page. This is English Encore Buffalo's favorite sports channel.